0: Activia helps support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Pride sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry. Hello and welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, in this week's show, we're going to be chatting about the negative impact of a more sedentary life and what it can have on our health. We're remote working a major part of our lives now. It means the way we move has totally changed less running for the bus, shorter distances to make a tea or coffee, even the toilet isn't as far away as it may have been when we were in the office. All this means we can fall into the habit of sitting more because small changes to our daily lives really help us improve our health and wellness. Joining me today to discuss this is Susie Redding, church psychologist and qualified yoga teacher and personal trainer specializing in well-being. In her new book, Sit to Get Fit, she gives readers a practical guide to changing the way we sit for our health, our energy and our longevity. Susie, welcome to the show. How's it going?
1: Thank you so much for having me, Carl. It's a joy.
0: It's great to have you on. So I think it's a really good point. We are sitting probably more than we've ever done before. We're moving less than ever before. And it's a crucial aspect of our health and wellness that we need to have a look at and we need to change.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, even as we emerge from lockdown, I think it takes a little while for our normal movement patterns to reemerge. And the fact is, for so many of us, the way that we are working now has changed. So we need to take a look at what our, our, our daily habits are.
0: On average, how long are we sitting for?
1: It's, it's, it's staggering. We're talking hours and hours and hours. Um, I can't remember what the statistics are. Was it six, six hours? More than that, eight hours. I actually can't remember. Um, and I think what's important is for people to actually take a look and do their own counting. And it's not just being aware of the cumulative. It's actually being aware of, actually, we need to get up and move every 30 minutes. So I think that's really the important take-home figure. Get up and move every 30 minutes. But it doesn't have to be get up and do a gym session. It's just get out of your chair and move your body.
0: And it's not just the pandemic, but over the course of time, our general daily movement levels have decreased. We're becoming more sedentary. We're parking closer to work. We're moving less when we were in the office. We're moving even less when we were at home. And especially if people are hybrid working, they're not getting the train. They're not getting the bus. They're hanging out at home like I am. This is my home office. And thankfully, I do move a lot over the course of my working day for what I do. But people are. not They're moving less and less. And so it isn't just the pandemic that's the blame for it. I suppose gradually over the course of the last, say, five, ten years, we're all getting towards this space of more and more sedentary lifestyle.
1: Yeah, I mean this is it's 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 been occurring for years and years and years, hasn't it? And I think it's just been brought to a head by the pandemic and by, you know, by virtue of lockdown life. What we've learnt is that it's not just that exercise has potent antidepressant effects, it's the fact that sitting still for long periods has its own health consequences. But when you take a look at how life has evolved, um, you know, You don't have to get up out of your sofa to change the channel anymore. You don't actually have to go to the shops to purchase things. You don't even need to leave the house to connect with your friends. So there have been vast changes over the last couple of decades that have eroded healthy movement patterns, but it's just been exacerbated infinitely. By our experiences of the last two years.
0: And what ways are you seeing that impact with you know the clients that you're working with and the people that you're working with from moving less? How's that manifesting itself?
1: There are so many layers to it. Yeah, it's it manifests in our thinking, the quality of our mood, our decision making capacity. Um, it shows up in anxiety, in disturbances to our sleep. But it's not just Our mind, it also shows up in our circulation, which then leads to aches, pains, swelling, um, physical tension, and it impacts too on our digestive health. Um, So take a look. Have a a look at how this is showing up for you. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that we've all emerged from lockdown feeling pretty creaky and achy and old and... You know, we've noticed an impact on our stamina. We just need some very, very gentle interventions, some joyful movements, some restorative breaks that will make all the difference to helping us restore and rebalance.
0: And of course, when people are sitting, the chair is doing all the work. And even if it's a very swanky, comfy chair like mine is here, I've got one of these orthopedics and it's got back support and neck support and elbow supported and lovely and supported. Uh, but the chair is doing all the work. Physically, our bodies are doing very little. Once we sit into the chair the body basically just relaxes in a very relaxed state. There's no muscles doing any work. The chair is supporting us. It's doing all the, hard, the, the heavy lifting over the course of the day. So the more we sit, the weaker we become, which has aging impacts and health impacts as we go through life.
1: Absolutely. Yes. I mean, it's really important that we are well supported. So I'm thrilled to hear, Carl, that you've actually got a chair that allows <laughs> you to sit in a healthy way. Because the fact is, this is the nature of life. You know, we are going to be spending a significant proportion of our day sat in chairs, but there is a huge difference between sitting well in a chair that supports you well as opposed to sitting poorly in something that encourages you to slump and, you know, there's a raft of, of health consequences there. So that's another factor. It's not just getting up and moving every 30 minutes it's also taking a look at how your environment supports you and that's not just the chair that you sit in to do your you know your computer work this is also take a look at your sofa have a look at how you set your car uh your your driver's seat up and make sure that our environment is is helping us sit better
0: yeah talk that's exactly where it's going to go talk me through those kind of those environments people find themselves in how to set themselves up better so people are working from home at their desk you know is is it that that you should be looking straight at the screen talk me through the simple things people can do for their, their their sitting health
1: okay there are lots of different variables so we've got the level the height of your table you've got where your screen is at you've got how high your chair is so basically we want to be able to have both feet flat on the floor because having both feet grounded gives you a better base of support, which will enable you to engage your core muscles to sit upright. As soon as you cross your legs, um, you're diminishing that base of support, which then tends to create a skew through the spine. And also, if you always cross your the, the same leg on top, that creates asymmetry through the hips, and it has a knock-on effect in terms of circulation. So we want to ground both feet evenly, hip width apart, um, even where the, the, the base of the chair sits against the thigh has an impact. We want about five fingers width between the 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 calf and where the, the seat ends. So that I'm our just double checking leg is my calves
0: not... here as we chat. I'm getting my five fingers, yeah. like going for it.
1: <laughs> so that has an impact on our circulation. We want the hips to be slightly higher than the knees. Okay. And then in terms of the screen height, so it depends on whether you're using a laptop, it depends on whether you're using a desktop. Basically, with our arms, we want um, the shoulders to be relaxed so that has an impact. Um, whether your chair has arms has an impact. If the arms are up too high, that means that we hitch our shoulders up. So be mind, sometimes actually having a chair without arms is better. Okay. And in terms of the positioning of our um, keyboard, we want to be able to have the shoulders relaxed the elbows roughly at 90 degrees. So you don't want to have it too far out so that you're having to extend your arms. And we don't want the table up too high so that you're having to cock your wrists back because that creates tensions through the hands, which then leads to a knock-on effect up through the whole uh, arm into the, the neck and the head. And the positioning of your screen is really important. So if you're working on a laptop, you might notice that you can get it set up well for your hands but then it's making your uh you're having to drop your gaze because ideally we want the top of the screen in that position there yeah so we we want the top of the monitor to be roughly level with the top of our head so for a lot of people that's going to mean we need to elevate the screen but actually have a separate keyboard so there are lots of different variables to play with but i would urge you just Notice how your body is feeling. If you're feeling tension in your wrists, we need to take a look. If there's tension in the shoulders or the hips, have a look at your setup and, 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 and there are different things that we can tweak. But Sit to Get Fit, fit takes you through all of those different guidelines.
0: And one that you mentioned there, which I thought was really interesting, and that for our listeners will be too, was you know uh, sitting on a couch. And again, if you're not in the office, if you're not working in the office, and sitting on a chair in the office, which tends to be kind of you know at least slightly ergo like my own is, you're going to be inside watching TV, hanging out. And of course, we all sit in couches. And when you think through it, there's lots of different styles, types, heights, all of that. And of course, presumably some of them are better for us than others.
1: Yeah, and a lot of this will come down to individual comfort but if you've got a particularly saggy sofa or if the 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 cushions kind of every so we might just need to take the cushions off give them a good bash reshape them pop them back on or just think about how you're sitting you know make sure that if you're sitting on the sofa and and your spine is rounding you know that's it's just not great for our ability to take a deep breath it's gonna have an impact on how we digest our food and Really interestingly, research has shown that our posture has an impact on our mood, specifically the round posture that we quite end up in on the sofa, especially if you couple that with a screen, yeah, downcast gaze. So research has shown that in that round spine, downcast gaze position, it lowers your mood, it lowers your subjective energy levels right it's actually easier to remember negative memories and it's easy to make someone cry in that position but conversely (laughs) tall spine think broad collarbones instantly we connect with a feeling of personal power we feel a little more poised it lifts our mood and it lifts our energy level so just be mindful of your posture whether you're sitting on the sofa when you're walking when you're standing because it has a profound impact on how we feel
0: of course, it's, it's, it's that sense of, uh, you know, sitting tall, standing tall, feeling tall, that you feel empowered and you feel kind of energized just by, by how your posture is. Yep. Folks, you're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare, We're chatting all things sitting health. And it's absolutely fascinating. The posture is, our, and the that posture tip that you're talking about there, in terms of, you know, simple tips and free tips that make a big difference to people's health, that's certainly one of them, is mm-hmm. just to focus on your posture. And for people who have very bad posture, obviously, one thing you're saying to them is, you know, sit taller. Talk me through some other tips and and, and tricks for for people who have poor postures.
1: Okay. So to improve our posture, I think, first of all, we've got to become aware of what our posture is, okay? We need to get connected with our bodies. We can't change anything until we're aware of it. So I would just encourage people to to start just noticing how you're holding, how you're using your body. So in Sit to Get Fit Um, I have a 28-day plan, and part of that plan is encouraging people to integrate different healthy habits into their day. And the very first one that I introduce is the morning mountain breath practice. And the reason why that is first up is because it brings us home to our bodies. And actually this exercise also draws us into a tall upright posture that actually shows us this is how ideally we want to sit and stand, but it will also strengthen the muscles that holds us in that position. So the stronger those muscles are, the less you have to think about it. So we are trying to encourage uh, a strengthening Absolutely. of Absolutely, let's muscles, go for it. your um transverse abdominus but also the muscles that draw the shoulder blades down the back and that broaden the collarbones. So the mountain breath, can I talk you through it, Carl? Do you want to give it a go? Okay. So the mountain breath, you could do it standing and that's ideally how it's done. But for today, let's just do it sitting. Um, So we sit as tall as we can, just with the arms down by the sides, looking forwards. So jaw is parallel with the floor. And what we're encouraging is a sense of drawing up through the crown of the head. So if you imagine that your spine is like a string of beads, we want to suspend that string of beads from the ceiling and all the vertebrae could just turn like beads on that that string. Okay. Now, as you breathe in, you're going to raise your arms out to the sides and up above your head. And look up because that lifts your mood. And as you exhale, slowly lower your arms back down by your sides as if you're propelling yourself through water. So there's an energy through the arms. We haven't got floppy spaghetti arms. Breathing in, raise the arms up, look up, feel how that lifts you into that tall upright posture, and then exhale slowly, descend the arms and look forwards. We don't look down. Okay, do that twice more.
0: And, of course, the arms are controlled all the way up, and then they're controlled all the way in the back then as well. So you never let them flop down by the side.
1: Exactly. And you are led by your breath. So you take the whole phase of the breath in to lift them up and the whole phase of the breath out to lower them back down. Now, that might just look like you're waving your arms around, but it's powerful for a number of reasons. One, it's drawing us into the ideal posture that helps us feel more ready for life yeah, more present, it's strengthening the muscles that hold us in that shape. But it's also has a profound impact on our breathing. And the mantra here very simply is when you breathe better, you feel better. So by virtue of raising the arms out to the sides, you're opening the intercostal muscles between the ribs, which makes more space for a lovely deep inhalation, which is energising. And when you do the lowering of the arms, it's very subtle. It's like bellows. When you do that, it actually ignites the diaphragm to help you more completely empty the lungs. And obviously, the more empty your lungs are, the the deeper the breath in, next breath in will be. But it it repatterns your breathing. And this has an impact on how you breathe for the rest of the day. So if anyone is sort of feeling that post-lunch dip in arousal where we think, okay, I need to grab a Snickers, I'm going to have a third coffee, do a mountain breath, do six, do in fact, do six mountain breaths instead and your adrenals will thank you for that choice, but don't do it before going to bed because it will enliven. And uh, yes, uplift a little too much.
0: It's a very simple way to keep your diet healthier by just a little (laughs) bit more breathing and a little bit more moving. But I think it's, you know, people listening in, it's important to say that, you know, and it's great for them to realize that by to, to sit healthier, it's more than just sitting, so it's postural, it's the environmental setup, it's breathing a little bit more, but it's also yes. getting a little bit more movements. And I'm there's a physio who we do some corporate work with Ruth, and this is her phrase. So I always, I always, uh, I always uh, give her the, the kudos for it. But it's it's movement snacks, like you would have food snacks. It's having movement snacks over the course of the day. So getting up from your desk every 30 minutes, and you know, presumably the more mm-hmm. movement you do, the healthier your body will be, and and the healthier you will sit because you've moved a little bit during the day.
1: Absolutely. Compassionate movement. Move in a way that feels good to you. Yeah. Movement. And I love that you're using the word movement. Let's move away from thinking it needs to be exercise and it certainly doesn't need to be punitive or challenging or uncomfortable. It doesn't even need to be hard. I am a huge fan of subtle movement, gentle stretches, gentle mobilizations, Even self-massage, right? This it it can be it can be soothing and relaxing. Okay, so it's kind of turning movement on its head. And if people are thinking, okay, right, I haven't got time to get up. I just I want to do something that's gonna help, but I need to crack on, well, why don't you do a simple chicken wing shoulder roll? It has a stupid name. You have to to, you have to you
0: have to show us that one. Yeah, come on.
1: (laughs) So fingertips on shoulders. Breathe in, lift the elbows up. Oh, yeah, there we go. And breathe out, take them back and down. So you're oiling the shoulder joint, yeah? Pain makes us grinchy, so we're releasing tension in the chest and the shoulders. And just like the mountain breath, you can feel how this facilitates a more effective breathing pattern. We feel light and brighter for it. And as you do that, give yourself permission to drop your day from your shoulders. Yeah. Can we extend ourselves a little bit of tenderness and compassion at the same time?
0: Yeah, it's because you know, that's where we store a lot of our tension and our, our stress will be in our shoulders, our neck muscles. So simple little movements like that make a big difference. I have to okay. ask you about the car. Have to. Because again, lots of our listeners will be listening in in the car as we're chatting and you're saying you can sit healthier in the car. Talk us through that. What do you have to do to sit healthier in the car?
1: Okay. So again, there are lots of different variables. So it's to do with the height of the seat how far the seat is away from the steering wheel, Um, I think a simple place to start is to take a look at your arms. If you're having to extend your arms straight, the steering wheel is too, there's too much distance between the seat and the steering wheel. So ideally we want a little softness in the elbows and we want to make sure that we're holding the steering wheel so that we can soften the shoulders down away from the ears. If we're holding up too high and hitching, that's a recipe for neck and shoulder tension um, and in terms of how far at the seat away we need a gentle bend in the knee as well and in terms of the seat height and this is really tricky depending on the car that you drive just like our setup at home in front of our desk we want the hips to be slightly higher than the knees now some cars are not going to allow for that but just tweak it as best you can to make sure that your limbs are comfortable and um, I know it's not always going to be possible to break up long periods of sitting in the car, but then we can take a look at, okay, so what are the the things that you can do while at a red light? You know, can you do some releases for your hands? Can you become conscious of how you're holding the muscles through your face, your jaw? Can you do some breath work? I'm not suggesting we close our eyes at any point, but you could do a simple candle breath at a red light where you just... Exhale through gently pursed lips because that will soften the TMJ. It releases the eyes. It lengthens the exhalation so that we're stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system. And that's important to help us empathize with other people. And I think we need a little bit of bit of empathy on the roads. So em- all I've of these things help.
0: Reducing road rage is always a good thing. <laughs> About six or seven years ago, I went and did a track day with Audi and Spa, uh, Frank and Chaps in Belgium on the, the F1 circuits. And they had a touring car driver come in and tell us how to sit. And everything you've just gone through is exactly what the touring car driver who drives, you know, professionally for a living talked us all through in terms of having a slight bend in the elbow, a slight bend in the knee, slightly higher with the hips, relaxer for body and, and, and quite relaxed kind of neck and shoulder area. It's fascinating. This the very same tips that came right the way through from yourself, which is, which is superb. There's a big campaign in Ireland um, over the course of the last couple of years uh, built around the fact that sitting is the new smoking in terms of health related issues and health consequences Uh and you know it really is that bad for your health isn't it but but by sitting poorly by sitting in terms of your posture in terms of the quantity of time you spend sitting it's detrimental to your long-term health
1: it is when you take a look at the research it's pretty startling so the, the consequences that we're talking about in terms of long periods of sitting there are circulation problems that lead to cardiovascular disease it's linked with cancer, obesity, osteoporosis, Alzheimer's, strokes, it's accelerated biological aging. But I think, you know, the stuff that really speaks to people is understanding that if you're getting headaches, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling fatigued, um, if you're getting abdominal discomfort, if you're noticing that there's diminished mood, all of these things can be linked to sitting for too long. So I think when it comes to creating any sustainable behavior change or lifestyle change we've got to hook into what motivates you and I, I would say that few of us are motivated by the kind of the messaging that we get about oh my god let's not you know you're going to get a stroke but actually what we find more motivating is i'm going to have more energy to actually connect with my children at the end of my work day maybe if i make some tweaks i'm going to not going to wind up with this headache that makes me grinchy so connect with what you find personally meaningful and look for tiny little tweaks. What are the smallest little tweaks that we can make? And if if we're talking habit change, let's just do one thing at a time. Yeah. Whether it's that morning mountain breath or whether it's committing to getting out and taking a a walk at lunchtime, just integrate little waves of change that can make a really big difference.
0: Fantastic. It's one topic I've always wanted to cover on the show that we haven't got to. We always wanted to find the right person to do it. And you absolutely nailed it in terms of giving simple advice that will work for people and to improve their health, not just sitting, but just their general health, even in terms of mood over the course of the day. If people want to find you online, where can they find you?
1: I tend to hang out on Instagram. I have a lovely community there. We come together every week on a Monday where we do a live Monday micro moment session and talk about different self-care tips, different habits, different routines that we can engage in. And that's where you can find out more about my books. I tend to do little um, guided sequences from all of my books where you can enjoy them and they're all saved on my feed. So come and hang out with me there at Instagram, just Susie Reading
0: fantastic Susie thank you so much for joining us today folks that's it for another episode of Real Health with me Carl Henry in association with Leia Healthcare we really hope you enjoyed today's show sit better in the car at home or at your desk those simple tips will make a really big difference as ever we are back next week for more Real Health So long, Fóin
1: Leia Healthcare looking after you always proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry